1: I'm Liza Powell O'Brien, and I'm a writer, a reader, and the wife of someone you may have heard of. And I'm here to tell you about the newest season of my
2: podcast for Team Coco, Significant Others. Each week, we tell stories
0: you may not know about a person you probably do. Like Benedict Arnold, whose wife Peggy may be the reason he almost succeeded in betraying his country.
2: Look for Significant Others wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, mm-hmm. there will be blood.
1: <laughs> I can you watch have it with my to. dad tonight.
2: You have to watch it. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally. Today is an historic. Notice I said an historic. That's how you say it. My mother... The English teacher would be proud. Today is an historic day on literally because we have our youngest guest and one of the nicest guests and one of the most talented guests. Um, I had the pleasure of casting. uh, This young uh, woman now was a little girl then in a movie that I um, directed and starred in called The Bad Seed, which I think you can find on Hulu or somewhere. Um, it was a remake of the famous Bad Seed movie. Um, McKenna Grace is her name. Um, she is the star of uh, Ghostbusters. The big hit came out last year. Um, young Tanya Harding and I, Tanya, also appears on Handmaid's Tale. She's kind of everywhere. Um, new music career, and it's super fun to talk to a young woman, seventeen years old, is making it happen. Let's bring on McKenna Grace. Hi, how are you? I'm
1: good. How are you?
2: That's a, when I worked with you. How old were you when when we did Bad Seed together? Were you like 12?
1: I must have been 11 or 12.
2: <laughs> oh my God! You're turning what now?
1: I'm turning 17 in June.
2: <laughs> it, it's so funny. It's like you've become five different people since I've known you.
1: <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's so strange.
2: First of all, congratulations on your music.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you! Congratulations to you. You just had a show come out with that you made with your son.
2: Yeah, it's called Unstable. It's on. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. It it was super fun to do. We're just did basking in the response because you know you never know, and people seem to really like it.
1: That's so amazing! Congratulations. I've been seeing it all over.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you. McKenna and I did Bad Seed together. I directed her and played her dad, and you had your ukulele and you were just learning then. Is that right? Was that the very beginning of your music?
1: It might have been. And then I started learning in like 2017, 2018, I think.
2: Yeah. You had that little ukulele. I remember it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it must have been around then.
2: Would you remember what the first song was that you learned to play?
1: I'm sure it was... uh, Grace VanderWaal, that girl who won America's Got Talent. I'm sure it was one of those.
2: That's amazing. So how, you wrote a song for the Ghostbusters movie.
1: I did. That was so cool.
2: <laughs> it's in the end credits, am I right?
1: hmm It was so special because I didn't write it for the film. I just wrote it and I sent it to... Um, our director Jason asking him like for his opinion or if he'd want to direct a music video for me or something and he was like can I put it in the end credits out of nowhere so I was like yes (laughs) and so it was so weird and and surreal getting to see it because we did like a surprise screening for like 3,000 people at comic-con and then getting to hear my song play over the end credits and nobody knew it was my song it was so cool.
2: (laughs) Did you grow up with Ghostbusters in your sort of sphere of knowledge of films?:
1: Oh yeah, I was a massive Ghostbusters fan. I think um maybe the Halloween, right before, or after we worked together, I was a ghostbuster for Halloween, and like I, um, <laughs> I used to carry around a little slimer with me whenever I was younger. Like I was a really big fan. I still am. It's so weird.
2: <laughs> the Ghostbusters Mobile, by the way, might be my favorite. But even better than the old school Batmobiles, I'm really down with the Ghostbuster mobile. I think it's super sick. Yes,
1: the Ecto-1. <laughs> the
2: Ecto-1. Mm-hmm.
1: It's the coolest car. I mean, come on. It's so sick. It's
2: so iconic. Do you remember the first day that rolled up on set and you're like, holy crap, I'm really doing a Ghostbusters movie. The Ecto-1 is here.
1: No, every time I'm on set, I'm always freaking out. I'll never get used to like seeing myself in a flight suit and getting to like because in our film we have a little gunner seat that swings out of the Ecto-1 and I get to sit in it and it's the coolest thing ever.
2: you also have a show coming out where you are on the playing somebody who grew up on the moon, right? Mhm. Okay, tell me a little bit about that because I'm I'm kind of obsessed with with that area. Tell me a little bit about that show.
1: Uh it's crazy. We did um a film back in 2021 I think called Crater and um it's kind of like I think they were going we're going for like a little bit of like a stand by me type of like group feel where it's um it's a group of kids that go on a road trip, but on the moon to a crater that's really significant to one of their uh, them and their father. So um, it's just a group of kids and they go on a road trip across the moon to this crater, which was super crazy to film. I've never shot anything that takes place like. I don't know, in outer space on the moon. And so we got to like, we were in wires and spacesuits every single day, but it was so bad because we were shooting in Baton Rouge in the summer and we had like these five layer spacesuits every day and it was so hot.
2: Oh, no (laughs) way. Let me guess, you're in some like converted warehouse with like Bad air conditioning, right? The air
1: conditioning was great, actually. They kept it super cold, so everybody else on set was freezing, but we were sweating because of the spacesuits, but they kept it really cold.
2: Oh, uh, so then the other people have... The, I I did a, a movie that all, took place in a hockey rink mm. in the summer. It was ni- like 100 degrees outside, 90% humidity, and then, you know, 40 degrees inside. So everybody was sick every week because you'd be in... <laughs> In the cold, to the hot, to the cold, to the hot. Uh, see, that's the stuff that people don't realize about what, we, what, what it really means to be an actor and be shooting stuff, right? It's like, oh.
1: It's not too glamorous shooting in Baton Rouge with that kind of heat.
2: <laughs> no. We have stuff in common. We, I started acting when I was eight. You started with even younger, I think, right?
1: Uh, five, I think.
2: Five. Because people come up to me all the time and say, you know, my son or my daughter wants to be an actor. And what do you recommend? What do you think? You know, and then they talk about what does it take? And then longevity and all those kind of questions. I'm, I'm curious, for somebody like you, the business is unrecognizable from what it was when I was coming up. How did it occur to you? That you wanted to be an actor. Let's start with that.
1: My, uh, my mom, my great grandma, she gave me a massive collection of Shirley Temple DVDs and I got really obsessed with those whenever I was younger. And I, I guess I decided I wanted to be like her, but my mom was like, no way, I'm not gonna like, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> How am I going to like put you in acting classes or make you an actor? You're like so young. And so, um, I was really obsessed with Shirley Temple and I think I just begged my mom for. Like a year maybe before she let me go into acting classes and then um they were like oh she actually enjoys this and My mom was like yeah I told you that but they're like yeah a lot of people say that though <laughs> but I don't know I just I really I really liked it whenever I was younger I think I thought it was really fun and exciting and luckily I've always had parents that support what I do and it's not something that they were like you should do this it's something that I made a decision on, which now is weird to think because I was so young. How did I like make a decision? But it's like my favorite thing. And um, it's been nice as I've gotten older to be able to really, I love, I love acting. I love what I do so much. And so it's like, it's so cool to be able to like appreciate it now.
2: Yeah, I sound like I'm hearing my own story told back <laughs> to me. I I was the same. I, I told my parents I wanted to do it. They're like, what? Well, what does it even mean? And I started, you know, in local theater and whatever. And sometimes there are people like us that just know. We just knew. And, you know, and again, when I worked with you, you were super, super young still. And, but like, it was obvious that's not only are you really great at it, but that's your focus. There's no, there's no version of you being a dilettante. We're like, yeah, I kind of like this and I kind of maybe do it. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe I'll, it's like, uh uh-uh. It's like, this is what we're doing. And a little bit of like, We're both too young to have total knowledge of anything, really. And we don't know any of the pitfalls, any of the odds, any of the any of it, other than just the unicorns and roses and we're going to go for it, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's such a weird industry, but I really love just getting to make like it's just so fun getting to create and like. I'm such a big film buff now like I love watching movies. I'm in London right now and I think I've watched like 60 films since I've been here. I've been here for about a month or two. But
2: 60 or oh, Jesus. What do you more. Okay,
1: I don't know. That's what I do is I go to work and then I come home and watch like a movie or two before I go to bed. <laughs>
2: that's that's a Film literacy is a is a lost start and a good one. Are you working your way through, for example, the AFI Top One Hundred? That's a great one for people listening out there. The American Film Institute every year adds to the greatest movies of all time. And if everybody has opinions about it, but if I could recommend anybody starting anywhere to work their way through movies they should in quotes see, AFI Top One Hundred is is a good one. What what is your list and how are you choosing?
1: I haven't uh I haven't seen that. I I didn't even know. I
2: Yeah. I just, it's a good one.
1: I'm obsessed with this little app where you can log your movies called Letterboxd and so oh, yeah. I just have a massive watch list on there and I guess it just kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for or while I'm at work I'll ask for recommendations or see what people are talking about.
2: <laughs> Do you have any prejudices about like black and white or quote-unquote old movies or well, no wait a minute, you love Shirley Temple. What am I talking about? Clearly, you're down to clown. You're like like Shirley Temple.
1: something I forgot that I thought was that was special to me whenever we were shooting it was we had Shirley Temple, and our film was uh me and my babysitter were watching Shirley Temple on the couch, and I loved that. I was so excited,
2: <laughs> yeah, that when you told me that you liked Shirley Temple, I wrote it into the script.
1: It was so cool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I don't know how much you. I I basically wrote that. I uncredited wrote it. So anytime I would, I would hear something like McKenna loves Shirley Temple. I was like, Get out of here! Oh, that is going to be great. I'm going to have this precocious, seemingly wonderful, but really evil kid obsessed with Shirley Temple and the bored sort of TikTok watching babysitter. Just be like, Ew, gross! It just made me laugh so much.
1: That was so cool. I I was like so excited whenever uh, that was put in there.
2: And then you did the sequel to Bad Seed. You co-wrote with your dad, right?
1: I did. I did. Um, (laughs) Well, originally the script we wrote was too dark and too dark.
2: Yes. No (laughs) way. Okay. Wait. Wait. Stop. Stop. Give me an example of like an incident in it that was they thought was too dark.
1: Uh, ooh, there was a lot. There was a lot that was too dark. I think we had like this. I mean, there were so many sequences that were different and taken out and like changed. But like, my favorite that I hated that we had to change was we had like a whole um, American Psycho esque sequence with a raincoat and like a bat, like a whole homage to it.
2: <laughs> Amazing.
1: <laughs> we went really dark with it. But it was
2: really cool. Well, That makes me love because you, you are like the most like sunny and light, innocent, like happy-go-lucky <laughs> like person that that I know. And the notion, you're like, you know what? I'm doing American Psycho. <laughs> it just, it, uh, <laughs> it's too good.
1: It would have been fun. I mean, come on. It would have been so cool.
2: <laughs> so when I was watching you in Handmaid's Tale, I go, how does McKenna even know those themes? I felt like I was your parent. I was like... <laughs> Has my little McKenna talking those things and saying those things and playing those things? That's the thing that's crazy about growing up on camera, right? Is you you have to access and, and deal with stuff that is maybe beyond your pay grade emotionally, chronologically.
1: I mean, for sure. It's definitely strange. I do, I, I love getting to do dark and dramatic things. I think it's so fun. Uh, but I mean, it is definitely... Weird, being not even seventeen, and I think I've been married or engaged like three times. <laughs> Thirty or four, I'd have to think. But it's like a running joke for me. Well,
2: look at look at it this way: when the time comes, you'll have had plenty of practice. Yeah, you'll you'll know what you like and you know what you don't like, and what you, what you don't like are actors. Avoid them. Avoid them at all costs. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this, the people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies. You got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash own.
0: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: What are you finding it's like to navigate through the modern day sort of show business? And you're, you're kind of, kind of, um, already have the, all of the things you need to because you're, you're a content creator. You know, my son John Owen is a new actor too. And like when I was a, a young actor, literally all we had to do was audition and study, watch movies. And that's what it was. Now it's like you have to have a social media presence. You know, you, you have to create your own content. You have to create your own content. You can't just wait for the phone to ring. It's so different coming up today than it was in my in my era
1: it's very different i i hate it i hate the social media aspect of um of the film industry like personally i love i think that making little videos and and behind the scenes things while i'm on set i find it really fun and i think that it's fun to be able to post that after shooting but i hate that it's like necessary (laughs) because it's fun but then it's like I don't know. It drives me nuts. Um, but I mean, it's very difficult. <laughs> it's, just so, I- it's so weird. It's so weird. I don't understand any of it. <laughs> I'm not a social media person.
2: Well, also you, you come into this like I did for the, the, what I consider the right reasons. We like the process. That's what we do it. The rest of it is like, we don't may not even like it. like, the promoting, the red carpets, this—I mean, some people love it. Some people, I, I for me, it's like I, I never considered any of that when I when I got into it. I just loved to act. I loved movies. I loved, and, and now there's so much more attached to it. How do you? How's your red carpet? You got a red carpet face. You got a blue steel. <laughs> you throw down for McKenna over here. Look, McKenna, McKenna over here, McKenna, McKenna. Oh, there you go. You're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> <No>. Ooh. <laughs> So strange. I always feel so out of place at like events. I like
2: that. <laughs> I like but, I, but no, I I you just gave me a really good red carpet face. I have see see if you can you you can make your own version of mine. I have three looks. I have like I stole from obviously um from uh, uh Ben Stiller at Blue Steel, right? I was That's, about
1: to say this is making me think of Zoolander. <laughs>
2: yeah. You got to get you got to have your Blue Steel look, right? That's a go-to. Uh-huh. Um then then I um I like Man of the People is really a good one. Okay. Man of the People is super super good. I highly recommend it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: like where you like you just go wild and you go to the fans. And you take pictures and you're like, just a, you're just a man of the people. Okay. You know, Tom, Tom Cruise does a very good man of the people. Um, <laughs> okay. And then, what's the third one? Um, oh, iconic. Of course, okay. iconic. Iconic? I- iconic. And mm-hmm. iconic is, um, you know, it's sort of the, it's like, you know, when they take the pictures of the presidents for their portraits <laughs> and they're kind of looking off wistfully into the distance, you know? <laughs> It's, it, you're trying way less hard than 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 blue steel. Blue steel's like right down the lens, you know, <laughs> 110 smolder, uh, you know, temperature, and iconic is way uh, much cooler and sort of just a little, maybe a little pensive, maybe a little thoughtful, and um, yeah. So my my friend Chris Pratt, um, my favorite thing ever. I was telling him this on Parks and Recreation, and we were laughing about this bit. So, um, years go by and the phone rings. He goes, Hey man, it's Pratt. Uh, I'm on my way to the Jurassic park premiere. What was it? What were the three iconic man of the people? What was the other one?
1: <laughs>
2: That's <laughs> so funny. This
1: is my favorite thing. Every, we all just got a crash course and red carpet looks.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you got to do the red carpet sweep. If you're yeah. with your parents or your other cast mates or if you're, if it's not just you, you do the, sw- the red carpet sweep, and of course, the red carpet sweep is you pick one side of the photographers, and mm-hmm. then you just very slowly work your way down because otherwise, you have pictures where everybody's looking in different directions. It doesn't looks looks dumb. <sighs> I'm trying to think of what other red carpet sweep. Oh, and this is my favorite. Apparently, the Olsen twins mm-hmm. created a thing where they where they say the word prune and it makes your you just, it makes you it makes your lips go into the perfect formation to have your picture taken. It's when you think of like say cheese, what does that mean? It, it's meant to make you fake smile. When you say cheese, your mouth goes into a a smile thing. That's why people say that. Say cheese. Cheese. Did
1: it? Cheese. Oh my cheese, God. Cheese,
2: right? So, but the new version of that is prune.
1: Prune. Oh my God, that's prune. hilarious! Isn't that great? I love that.
2: But just the notion of standing next to them on the red carpet and just hearing under their breath, "I'm going prune, prune."
1: prune. That's so funny. Prune. I'm gonna. That's great. I'm just gonna start laughing yes. saying "prune" on red carpet. Prune.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome for this little lesson. Thank you. And, uh, So <laughs> welcome. Um, but th- th- that is the stuff that just makes me laugh. About. <laughs> about. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay. You're 17. So do you still have a guardian on set or did you emancipate yourself or whatever they call that now where you get your own? You don't have to have a guardian. You take a test or whatever.
1: I'm graduated now. I've been you graduated are. for maybe. A year. So technically, I'm like legally 18 or, or whatever. I work a So you can work,
2: pr- you can work the long. So what this <laughs> is, you guys, is, is uh, under 18, you can only work certain hours on a movie set. And it's a really big deal. A really super big deal and once you are 18 or um, graduated then you can work the full full 12 hours or even longer but anytime you have kids on set they're super focused on the the amount of hours so now you can just grind it out for a 14-hour day
1: I've done my first overnights I've done some super long days working like Saturdays and whatnot it's it's so different because growing, like as a child, you know, it's so specific. It's like nine and a half. Then once you turn like 16, then it's 10 and a half. And then once you hit this age, then it's XYZ. And then 18 is just like free. And so I graduated early. And so, and also on set, you have to get three hours of school or occasionally five if you're banking, like it's so wild and I'm so happy. I don't have to do that anymore. Do you remember
2: those days? Do you remember? I mean, I remember, I remember getting
1: yanked off of some of the set of the Bad Seed because I kept on because I would like go one minute over the hours I was supposed to work.
2: You, yeah, we had a ve- we had like a fascist um, on set person for Bad Seed. That woman and I did not see eye to eye. We tangled a lot. Um, I remember that. I remember it. You have, by the way, McKenna, you have no idea how insane that whole thing was but but i get it listen i was that kid too i remember you know you'd do a scene and you'd be feeling good and you'd have your co-stars and you'd want to talk to them or just you know decompress and then they'd be nope back to school and you're like but 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 and then you'd be in school and you'd hear through the walls like all your fellow actors like having fun and you're in there like doing driver's ed
1: yeah and it's the worst you you like, I don't know, I would always finish my school and then I just have to go to school and like, sit and just like do nothing. And like, just like, I don't know, go like two weeks ahead of school because I finished all my work. Like it was just, it was so insane. I always hated it because, and I'd hate it if I got like pulled out of a scene or if I had to rush or anything, because I don't know, it's the worst.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, did you, did you also go to actual, actual school when you weren't working?
1: I've
2: never been to school, <laughs> so it's homeschool. But you work so much, though, that that's it would be incredibly difficult. I I toggled back and forth between, you know, um, public schools and and um, working, and it's hard because you get ahead, you get way ahead of the class, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you're, and then of course you have schools and teachers that don't look kindly on it. They really don't want kids, you know, the kids shouldn't be working. They should be, in so you, de- it just, I love talking to you about this because this is the stuff that only child actors know, right? Mm-hmm. It's so specific to, it's so funny that I'm talking about myself as a child actor right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm, I always I like, forget.
1: I always forget.
2: <laughs> right?
1: That's so crazy.
2: Well, you know, my, you always have reminded me of Jodie Foster. And Jody, you know, started when she was six. She was the original Coppertone baby. Mm-hmm. The famous photo of the dog pulling down the baby bathing suit. That that's Jody. That's her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, people always worry about child activists. We can turn out okay. It can happen. Yeah. You got a good family around you. How is your How are your folks? How are they doing?
1: They're great. Um, my dad's actually. I'm. Um, in London so my dad actually just came out this week to visit me amazing Um, it's so nice and we've been writing a ton we love writing scripts together so that's really nice because neither of my parents come from any not no one in my family comes from any sort of film background like both of my parents my mom comes everywhere with me now but they were both in like medical business uh my dad still is so it's fun to be able to my dad's such a movie buff, so I feel like that's where I get it.
2: <laughs> what are your um? Okay, so what? Mo- back to your movie list. What are currently your top three movies of all time?
1: Of all time, um, oh.
2: Now here's the thing: it can change. So it it's, 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 it's it's changes. It's It's exact. It's a high stress question. I realize this.
1: Right now, okay. My thing. I'm so obsessed with Letterboxd. My top four films on Letterboxd are mm-hmm. Black Swan, mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brothers, <laughs> and this, um, independent film called Flower.
2: Okay. I don't know Flower, but I do know that all of those movies are great movies. You mm-hmm. mentioned. How great is Mr. and Mrs. Smith?
1: So good. Like
2: it's so good. So good. I like, Honestly, if I could do any kind of a movie, it would be that.
1: I feel like it'd it be so fun.
2: It's so it's like a modern bond. They're so they're so
1: good, the film.
2: They're so funny and sexy and cool and badass. Super great. Like I now now have you gotten into um There Will Be Blood?
1: No, I that's on my watch. Daniel
2: Day Lewis. McKenna 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 tonight (laughs) there will be blood
1: (laughs) I can have to my dad tonight
2: you you have to watch it I mean Daniel Day lewis I mean listen what a shocker Daniel Day-Lewis he's good who knew it it, it, that to me is one of those movies where when I watched it I really really liked it but more than liking it I respected it Mm -hmm. and then as the years have gone on it's it's more important to me with each passing year and now it's like, I think it might be one of the best movies ever made. But interestingly, yeah. like, when it came out, I was like, yeah, no, that's great. I like, oh, for sure. No, it's great. And it takes sometimes years. That one is going to blow your mind. It's long, but it's so, Paul Dano, forget it.
1: Oh, I love him so much. I forget that he's in that. I've been wanting to see it.
2: It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, so that that one is my, my recommendation. Um, tell me this: What is the thing that we should that I should be mentioning, just in terms of uh, that you want me the people out there to know about?
1: Um, I mean, I'm really just working on music right now, and then I have so a lot that I'm working on and acting, but it's so like stinky because I can't talk about any of it. That's one of the things that drives me insane. <laughs>
2: But, no, that's a, By the way, that's a new thing too. Is the secrecy thing really like the, 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 the notion that people can go and shoot an entire movie in abject secrecy? That just never that never happened. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing. You think it'd be harder today because of eyes and ears. Everybody has a cell phone. The 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 it's, it's you think it would be impossible, but people do it. You're doing it.
1: No, let me just say. <laughs> people know like what we're shooting like it's it's just so funny because the secrecy thing i feel like is so dumb because it's like people know what we're shooting they know where we're shooting like people are taking pictures of the set and then it's like why can't i talk about it it's so exciting (laughs) i feel like Uh, that's how it always is with like films that are like you gotta stay like hush hush everybody knows
2: (laughs) i know i know it is it's so it's so silly um are you ever going to perform your music live? Do you have any aspirations to do that? I did. When? when oh, oh, that's right. You On, what was it? It was a show, right? A morning show. What was it? I, I did the morning show.
1: That's uh, right. But then I also had my first concert um, in LA. In LA, I had my first concert.
2: Come on. Where? What I venue? Did
1: the, um, I did it at the Moroccan Lounge. It was so cool. <laughs> it was so cool.
2: Now are you playing guitar while you sing?
1: I did that for one song. I've I've been playing ukulele for like 4 or 5 years now, but I I've always had a guitar in the house, but I've only really been learning guitar since I'd say December cuz I just got my first like guitar, so I I didn't feel like I was ready to fully play on stage because it was when did I have my show? I think it was in February or March. Um, so I hadn't been playing too long, but I played, um, I played a cover of, of, uh, you ought to know by Alanis Morissette.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, amazing. <laughs> I, I it's funny, out of the blue the other day, Alanis text, texted me literally two days ago, two days ago. And she's like, I got your number from, you know, a friend. My son is in the outsiders school play. Could you do a video for the actors in their little outsider school place? <laughs> I
1: That's so I cool. That's so funny. I, isn't
2: that funny. I love Alanis Smorset. She's amazing.
1: I like I love her. And it was so cool because um I was trying to decide like, I don't know, it was my first show and I've never done I've never done like plays or anything like that growing up. I just kind of went straight into like TV and film and commercials, so I never have been, I have stage fright, like I'm, I, I don't know, I hate like speaking at an award show or something like that. I get so nervous. So singing in front of people it was so scary. I ran off stage whenever, um, whenever my concert was over, I said goodbye. And then I ran off stage and threw up like I was so scared. And amazing. Um, I wanted to do like a song that I I love that song. It's like my go-to karaoke. So I was like, if I'm playing anything, it has to be this.
2: <laughs> it's smart. To go with what you know. Who are you listening to? Who are your favorite artists at the moment?
1: Ooh, oh, that's so hard. I love music. Yeah. I like. I listen to so much. Um, what am I listening to right now? I really like. Um, I really like Lorde Belray, if you know her. Yeah, I, she, of she has course. such a magnificent voice, and I think. What
2: about is, Casey Musgraves? Are you do you like?
1: I haven't really listened to her. I haven't oh. really listened to her, but I've heard a lot about her.
2: That first, I mean, I think she has a few albums. But that first album
1: mm-hmm. is
2: unbelievable.
1: Because oh, you I have
2: that, so it's you have "There Will Be Blood" and the first Casey Musgraves album. Okay, I feel like and, and, and 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 to work on prune, you have you have like homework.
1: I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> this, you're in in rainy, dreary London. You know, sitting around on a top secret project. Now, now <laughs> you know you can you have stuff that you can do now. You can <laughs> work on. I'm
1: excited.
2: Are you a Joni Mitchell fan by chance?
1: I've never heard. No, okay, I,
2: you got to. Joni Mitchell is the, this by the way, isn't this the greatest? Uh, this is like, I know people listening are like, how sweet is McKenna Grace? Does not know Joni Mitchell. Hey. She's 17. She's 17 people. She just seems like she's a full Hang grown on. adult. I'm, I'm so,
1: writing this all down in a little note. Okay. okay. Jo- so, Joni Mitchell
2: okay, Joni is Mitchell. the original, the original female singer songwriter you'll know all you, there'd be, be a couple songs that you'll know for sure but but she's she is the she's the bob dylan she's the bob dylan of of a lot of people say she's better than bob dylan she's best singer songwriter who ever lived probably and canadian you aren't you canadian
1: no, no you're I'm, okay. I'm i'm very you, uh, just, you
2: just work in southern. canada all the time
1: i'm just yeah. in canada all the
2: time you're just in canada all the time it's like me i feel like i should have dual citizenship at this point
1: i know that's what i always say i love canada
2: <laughs> okay so joni mitchell um okay i'm gonna give you a couple songs to listen to oh oh j- j- all you gotta do is just listen to california, california. and then you're either in or out
1: California. okay okay <laughs> right after this <laughs>
2: One of the things that I know and appreciate about you is your parents are all over it. They are on the case, <laughs> which, by the way, is why you're you're normal and not not a you know well you're you know normal person. So I know they they're all over everything. So are there still any movies that they won't like? First you of all, see?
1: thank you. I definitely try to be a normal person, um, but that's funny because my mom, yes. <laughs> but my dad he's always in trouble like growing up for like letting me watch movies like i think
2: yeah dad yeah
1: but he's the movie buff he's the movie buff between my parents he's the reason i'm like so into films
2: (laughs) my thing with my boys and, and boys and girls are obviously a little bit different and every age has a different thing too you know where you are developmentally but My thing was always, I would rather show them something that might be quote unquote inappropriate that's great than anything that's bad.
1: (laughs) That's great. I mean, I think I saw like Alien. I remember it. I I think that was like my first R-rated film was Alien and I was like six or seven. (laughs) And I remember I was
2: was terrified, but I loved it. (laughs) It is, it is funny because my, my son, John Owen, who's now 27, my youngest, who's now the writer actor, and he remembers walking in. I didn't let him see it, but he walked in to our room. We were watching movies at the house, and it was the very end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I haven't seen it. The OG one with Donald Sutherland. It's amazing. Oh, hey, hey. And there's the very famous meme still of Donald Sutherland, like, pointing and going, ah! And it's so disturbing. And he said it traumatized him beyond belief, still thinks about really? it. Really? Like, okay, maybe. But but I didn't have him watch it. He just walked in. That's him.
1: <laughs> it's honestly, that's his fault.
2: So, you could spend the next two days performing, writing and performing music and dealing with all of the things music, or you could spend the next two days acting and doing everything that comes with that which would you do
1: well that's funny because i feel like that's kind of like like a week like like a week for me like um i mean right tomorrow i i've had the past two days off and i've just been watching movies but tomorrow i'm going back to work and i'm working on acting and then uh this weekend, one of my music producers and like my co-writer are flying in and they're gonna stay with me cause I have like a week off and we're just gonna write music. <laughs> so I feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like I do that. But right now I would say, I'd say that for like, I'd wanna perform music or play music for the next two days just because I've been in acting world for, for a minute now but I'm always switching between. <laughs>
2: It's good to have both. It's really nice. It's good to have, I mean, when you can creatively not have all your eggs in one basket, it's, it's the best. It really is.
1: it relates really, really well, in, in my opinion, because it's it's fun. I um I'm always writing music for the films I'm in. I'm always like trying to pitch them like in credit song ideas. And I I just did this independent film, and I wrote a lot of music for it. I think I have like three or four songs in the film, and I'm always messing with them. And I'm like, I feel like I need to have like a, a like a credit for what's it called? You uh, for. Composition, composition for yeah,
2: like, yeah you should well you should the
1: film <laughs> like it's a joke
2: my only experience with that is i did a movie years and years ago called young blood it was a hockey movie patrick swayze was in it and he had this song he would like be up all night writing songs and this and that and come to this and he wanted us to have this song we like i don't really get it do you get it how do we tell him no and we didn't use it and then he does a movie called Dirty Dancing. The song is in Dirty Dancing and goes to number one. is number one hit all over the world called She's Like the Wind. That's
1: so crazy. He
2: He wanted it in Dirty Dancing. I mean, in in Youngblood, it ended up in Dirty Dancing. So, I mean, you know, it could happen. What if you got a number one hit? Would you be psyched or what? It's like
1: my dream right now to be, because I, I think acting will always be number one for me because, I don't know, it's just it's like my dream job and I get to do it and it's so cool. But right now after playing my first show, it's like my dream to be able to like do well enough to play more shows or go on tour or something. And so that would be like the dream come true.
2: (laughs) Well, I cannot wait. You got to come up and like find a club in Santa Barbara (laughs) or get, get back, get back when you get back stateside, as they say. L- look me up. I you got I have new dogs you need to meet. Did
1: you find the like, new dog?
2: We have um two two Jack Russell puppies now. We've got the big dog who's the G- German shirt haired pointer, and then of course um teacup egg, who's the little um greatest name in the world, um, is the rescue. So you got to come see him. And you see, and you have your dog. What is your his dog's name, name again? His
1: name is Gizmo, but that's like his name is Gizmo. Fruit snack, Benjamin Cheese was you, Bad Boy Chicken Nugget Fruit Snacks at DiCaprio, but we call him Gizmo. Uh, but he's a little Yorkie, and he's so cute and too fat because all he does is eat people food. <laughs> uh, of course he does,
2: because I think there's some bad person feeding it to him. <laughs> it's and that my person mom. might be named McKenna Grace.
1: Mom. Oh, it Not is. Me. I say, I How say he needs to go he? on a diet, <laughs> but then I. Well, it is half me, but it's Is he having fish and chips on location? Uh, he is loving London food. He's just he just loves food. He's such a oh my god, Gizmo. Oh you know. <laughs> Does
2: he go to the set every day? Every
1: day. He always goes everywhere with us. It's the best. He comes everywhere. He flies. He he's always on set. <laughs>
2: it's it's so good to have a dog I, I i get to pick each morning i pick which dog comes with me to work and they audition at the door <laughs> they they each try to be cuter than the other one <laughs> Oh no. and then and then i pick one of them and they're all like happy and they look over their shoulder at the other dogs like see i'm going with daddy it's very that's funny
1: that's so cute i i would feel so bad for the other dogs i'd just take them all with
2: me i know <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. You can't have a pack. It's too many dogs. <laughs> too many. Even for even for me. Too <laughs> many dogs. Well, McKenna, um, thank you for filling us in on everything that's going on. I cannot wait to see the top secret project. Um <laughs> and um I want to know what you think of the movies that I gave you and Joni Mitchell. I want you to have to text me. I text will. me at Joni Mitchell. In all seriousness, your parents will know about Joni Mitchell. You you, you gotta say, give me your thoughts on Joni. As a young singer-songwriter, you you have to at least have an opinion. You don't have to like it, but that has to be something you know well, for sure.
1: No, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'm excited.
2: Well, thank you. Great to talk to you. So fun. Thank you.
1: It's so good to see you.
2: (laughs) You too. Give your parents a big hug for me. I will. McKenna Grace, Uh, by the way, her EP, Bittersweet 16. You guys can get that online, I'm sure. Um, Is she the new Joni Mitchell? That is the question. I wish I could have watched her face listen to Joni for the first time. That would be amazing. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep.
1: Hey, Rob, this is Julie from Westchester, New York. I'm a big fan of the show
0: and of you and of all the characters that you've played. Here's my question. Do you ever think about what happens to your characters after the show's over? Um... Specifically, I'm really curious, it's not you, but Kitty
1: in Brothers and Sisters, do you think she lives? And Sam in The West Wing, do you ever think um, he becomes president or what happens to him? Um, So do you continue with these characters in your head or shows over them on to something new? Thanks so much. Bye.
2: What a great question. Thanks, Julie. That's a really good question. Well, I remember the first time I ever considered what would happen to a character I played was when I made my first movie, The Outsiders. And um, S.E. Hinton wrote the book, obviously. It's gone on to become a legendary book. And she she, in passing, said to me one day that she felt like Soda Pop Curtis, my character, went to Vietnam and didn't come home. And it made me super sad. And that was the first time I ever really considered that these characters have lives that continue on, particularly in in the mind of the writer who wrote them. I don't know so much about in the actor who acted them, but for sure in the writer who wrote them, definitely. Um, you know, um, when 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 and you 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 uh, referenced my character in Brothers and Sisters. Um, yeah as you know robert was in a car crash at the end and and died and they the producers in the network wanted to like tease the audience into watching next year and were trying to be coy about it like maybe he didn't die and maybe and it was a big kind of brouhaha i was like no no he's dead he, he he died um and uh sam Seaborn, you know obviously martin sheen said that that sam would run for president one day in one of the it was actually in the episode that we redid for HBO uh, during COVID. We had a reunion and we did that episode again. And I was always really moved by that because I would have lo- loved to have seen my character um, run for president one day. Sam would have loved it. Um, thank you for a re- really good question. Appreciate it. Keep watching. Anyway, thanks you guys. I hope you loved um, Sweet McKenna as much as I, I did. And um, we will be back next week with more Literally.
0: Right here. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah bagar researched by Alyssa Grahl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher, booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe.
2: This has been a Team Coco production.